Initiating startup sequence. You're listening to the Loud and Queer podcast, Australia's only national radio show by and for queer youth. And that was Feet on Couch by Missy Higgins, which is a real banger, actually. Like, I'm the chillest, the chillest of Sunday Arvo vibes. But also, like, very, very lovely. Very, very lovely. Good adjective, good adjective. Yes, one of my favourite, actually. But uh, (laughs) anyway, uh, we'll now be talking about uh, something that just, uh, like, came up uh, earlier this week, actually. The the World Health Organisation actually recently, like, sent out this thing about how now disclassifying uh, being trans as a mental illness. Yeah, which was a big surprise to me. I don't know about anyone else, but I had no idea that the World Health Organization was still um, classifying being transgender as a as a mental health condition I, I or gender dysphoria, more specifically. Yeah, like I was like, I was like, like was this still considered as mental illness until now? Like literally like, until now, by the World Health Organization, it's like all you trans people, you're cooked. <laughs> uh. So what did they change it to? They changed it to a. Like a medical sexual health kind of condition? I mean, I guess that's better. Yeah, it's just like describing as a sexual health kind of consideration seems like a bit of a... Yeah, it doesn't quite seem right, but at the same time it's just like, look, you're just acknowledging this is something that needs consideration still with regards to somebody's health, but it's not a thing that needs to be treated and cured... Yeah. Which is kind yeah. of the connotations of something being categorised in the international classification of diseases. Like, I don't want to flex my privilege here or anything, but I don't necessarily consider myself as someone who has a condition. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trans. Like I just yeah. don't identify with the gender that I was assigned at birth. That's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was very, it was very strange. And I was thinking, like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, like homosexuality used to be considered a mental health condition as well. And it was illegal at the same time. Mm. So it's not really beneficial um, to be classified as, like, I don't know, like, to be classified as anything. Um, There are some people who think that that is the case. Mm. Yeah, it does have a lot of implications in terms of, like, healthcare access. Mm. But even then, it's ultimately the World Health Organization exists as a kind of consultory advisory body. They're not yeah. Yeah, it isn't every country in the world bound to follow their guidelines. They're just they're a charity. I mean, every and like a lot of countries in the world are bound to follow the UN and they still don't, so Exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> But um But you can't understate the influence of like I guess the name is very out there. Like you you learn about WHO guidelines for a whole range of different things in school. Yeah. You, I think. Mm. I don't go to school. Um, but, like, dietary guidelines, like, they endorse, like, the food pyramid and stuff, I'm pretty sure. And so it's just, like, always got WHO at the bottom. I always remembered it because it, like, it looks like who. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah, the who. Like, it, cite yeah, your sources, the, who? The, 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 well, yeah, well, like, famous <laughs> band and health organisation. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like, when I was younger, I used to confuse those two. And then, like, before I got to know more, and I was like, who is who? And then, who is who? And then, oh, Okay. <laughs> who are the who? Yeah. <laughs> who what are What is you? the thing? <laughs> yeah. 
No, I think that's a, I think that's a win. Um, I think, and it was pretty much like the day after as well that the Australian, like the peak Australian Medical Journal published some new guidelines around trans health. So it's been like a big week for trans health news, I think. Yeah. It's, <laughs> um, Jay's regular segment, <laughs> this week in trans health news. <laughs> oh, the, the Australian, like, yeah, change in guidelines is interesting because it's, yeah, within the last couple of months we've had the news that there's going to be less legal boundaries to people under 18 getting access to In HRT. Victoria, yeah. yeah is it? It's a state thing. Oh, it's a federal thing because oh. it was the family court. Oh, nice. Oh. Yeah, so, so the, the family court has um, basically is now allowed to just not have cases of... <laughs> yeah, trans- it was previously like, if you're under 18 and you wanted to access... Hormonal HRT. You had to go to family you court. You had to go through the family court, which costs absurd amounts of money, involves travelling to Canberra. And a whole bunch of parents of trans kids were like, well, this is bulldust, we don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, we can't afford this, and it's an unnecessary process in the first place. And by the time it's done, we've clogged up a court, and yeah. the kid's probably going to be 18 by the time I've done anyway, because it takes that long. It does take that long. So now, if you're under 18 and you have your parents' permission to a certain... Like, to a certain point, I think, if you're yeah, 16... I think it's 16 16 now. to 18, and then the new... Like, you can go and start hormone replacement therapy, um, you know, with your parents' permission, and obviously, in most states, the permission of a qualified psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, but baby steps. Um, yeah. And then... The a couple of researchers came out and published new guidelines in the Australian Medical Journal, I think. Yeah, is what it's called. Medical Journal of Australia. The Medical Journal of Australia saying like actually, you know how we've just like made it legal um for people to get hormone therapy with their parents' consent nationally without having to go to family court. We actually think that but more like it should be maybe younger like 14 or 13. Yeah. Um and yeah, good. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the reasoning for that too was to kind of minimise the distress of, like, oh, puberty. I'm starting puberty at 16, and I haven't legally been allowed to before now. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't like I was half done puberty by the time I was 14. Like I was yeah. pretty much mostly all the way through, like, <laughs> yeah, growing everything, growing uh, all the things that I grew. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thing because the amount of, like, there is a lot of misinformation around people who transition when they're younger. Yeah. And, yeah, like, there is... St- it's one of those things where, oh, it's something... Every- everybody's got an opinion on it, hmm. and at the same time, very few of those people seem to actually be qualified to have that opinion. Well, shout-out to Transcend, which I think is a really great organisation that does a lot of work around this. Yeah. If you're near Google and you want to go to qlife.org.au and chat with someone in your state from 3pm till midnight, you can do that. If anything in this segment has like sort of set off some feelings for you, you can talk to someone about it any time. It doesn't have to be an emergency. It's a, it's a dedicated service for people like us who yeah. are young LGBT plus young people and everyone. So definitely check that out. I think we've got another tune coming up. Uh, this was me. Um, this is you again. Dan always has the music. Yet again, another local artist, a young artist by the name of Maribel. Um, so we'll be playing her tune, Shout, and then followed by uh, Demi Lovato's Confident, just to get everybody all hyped up for the week ahead to be feeling good. 100% hip. <laughs> so you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation with uh, Abby, Eve, Jay, 
Mars and Danny, and this is Shout by Maribel. Hey, you're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. That was Confident by Demi Lovato. What a yeah. track. Yeah. <laughs> much hype, much hype. I, yes. I'm, I'm fully hyped. Now, I, I can take on the world. I can do anything. Tomorrow is going to be a doozy. a doozy. And i got the weekend coming up. Second weekend. Second <laughs> weekend. <laughs> yeah. So now we are talking about Stonewall. It's yeah. the 49th anniversary of Stonewall on Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't even know. Is it? Someday this week. It's coming up, I know It's that. coming up yeah. real Sometime soon. this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, no, sometime sometime in the next week. Yes. Yeah. We'll get, I'll, I'll fact check that you guys talk. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know much about Stonewall at all? To be yeah. honest, before today's show, I didn't know a whole lot. Yeah. Um, right. I think probably it'd be to the benefit of our listeners if we do sort of a little um, summarisation of what it is. Yeah, like the Stonewall riots, uprising, I know, it's one of those things that's got a lot of, you know, it's, it's had a lot of different descriptions attached to it, was there was the Stonewall Inn was a... Gay bar. Yeah, gay bar in, uh, it's, it's in New York City. I'm, I can't think of the name of the I think it was area. Gay. Like it's spelt Greenwich. I don't know how to yeah, pronounce Greenwich. it. Greenwich. Yeah. Greenwich yeah. Village. Yeah. Greenwich Village. Which is um, a historically um, queer area in New York. Yeah. Pretty sure. And yeah, it was raided by the police one night, and people began to resist, and it eventually erupted into a fairly large-scale multi-day. Yeah, multi-day protest. kind of protest of. The criminalization of like gender variance and homosexual behavior and yeah, um, and we should point out as well that this was in 1969. Yes. So um, it's actually 49 years ago to the day on Thursday. I just double checked. It's the 28th. Um, and so in the US, um, this whole month is known as Pride Month because, and this is like the big anniversary and the reason that they celebrate Pride instead of when we do, which is later in the year or earlier in the year, earlier somewhere the around year. Mardi Gras, yeah. yep. which happened, like, was almost, it wasn't a direct result of the Stonewall riots, but it was, um, it started off in 1978 as a protest here, yes. um, mm-hmm. and it was kind of directly pulling on the narrative and the kind of stories and the kind of stuff that was coming out of the US after Stonewall. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and so it marks the beginning of this big sort of intercontinental shift in a lot of countries, including ours. And that's why it's important. Not, you know, like, yeah, there was a protest in the US at some point, but it had, like, big flow-on effects to our culture and the way that activism mm. was done here. Yeah. Post that. Yeah. It was just really fascinating to, to learn more about it because, like we were saying, that the massive flow-on effect of it, I think it's, yeah. it's so important for us as young queer people to, to be aware of that history and to, to then, like, therefore, you know, look at Mardi Gras and sort of see where... You know that comes from. Anyway. Yeah, acknowledge that a lot of it was throwing bricks, and not a lot of it was um, getting ANZ to sponsor an ad about people <laughs> holding hands. Yeah, uh, asking. Yeah, having a police float. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting too. A lot of the, yeah, you know, Stonewall now is kind of held up as look, this is the big thing. But for many years, like it was something where the news was kind of spread through oral histories and yeah. through very small publications and kind of, you know, through an underground kind of movement 
where you know, it became an event over time that was kind of spoken about with reverence, but... It's a legend. Yeah. It's a legend. I like yeah. it. I honestly would have I honestly would have loved to learn a lot more about this legend a lot sooner because I only recently found out about a lot of this myself, so like Yeah, I if the gay agenda was real, which it's not, this would be in schools. Like yes. <laughs> <laughs> this would be history one oh one, um, you know, the the landing um, Harold the whatever landing in England doing whatever, the Normans, the Norman landing, and then like right <laughs> after that Stonewall would be the next most important date. Don't fact check me on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I also just like love it as well because for one, like the queer community, we're not sort of being um, portrayed as sort of, you know, like the poor victim or anything. Like we're being like we can be strong and we can stand up for ourselves and, you know, we can initiate change. And I think it's a really sort of important thing. Like in, in, in schools, it'd be great to for the kids to be taught, you know, not just mo- sort of, poor mo- like um ugly moments of our history but moments where we also fought back and yeah. initiated positive change and achieved something yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's something i've always been very interested in stonewall because a lot of the mytho- mythology around it as well it's very every everyone has their own understanding of it yeah 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 you know, there's the that the god awful film about it which was very white cisgendered gay males were the only people involved and beneficiaries of this. No. Yeah, um, which is just like, you know, patently untrue. <laughs> like, it's, it's New York. Yeah. In and, the 60s? Hmm. In yeah. Greenwich Village in the, city, in the 60s was in a very poor, very racially diverse area. Mm. But then, you know, you've also got like this mythologizing around who threw that first brick and it's just like, and lots of people get kind of oh, yeah, they threw the first brick at Stonewall and it's just like, no, nobody really knows who. Most no people who get brick, described like... as that have said, no, I showed up at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. Like... <laughs> and, and sometimes it's not about, like, I, I, I understand this idea that, like, people want to have an individual to celebrate, yes. like, a, like a Martin Luther King or whatever, but that's not how movements work, really. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. You, you might have a spokesperson or a figurehead, but there's like hundreds of people behind them, right? Yes. Um, and Malcolm Gladwell talks about this um, in his podcast, Revisionist History. He talks about thresholds and people having. He's talking about school shootings. I'm not going to go into that. Um, but people having a threshold of like one or two or a hundred where it's just like when you start a protest the person who throws the first brick might not need a reason they have a threshold of like zero like they don't need anything but someone else will never ever do that but they only need to see one other person doing it before they join in as well so they have a threshold of one right and the 99th person might be like a granny who would never throw a brick but she sees like nearly a hundred other people doing it. She's like the hundredth man in. She's like, you know what? Everyone else is doing it. I'm going to do it as well. And so like, it's, it's the collective effort of a lot of people. You can't say like this one person is responsible for the liberation that happened through Stonewall. Yes. <laughs> like, and yeah, it's something that's interesting from the perspective of like, I've kind of ended up with Stonewall and learning about that being my gateway into kind of learning more about you know the queer culture of the 60s yeah and especially pre you know before there was a lot of stuff in the like 
mid 70s through to the mid 80s where there was a lot more political dialogue about you know different queer identities and you know it's it's a really interesting thing where it kind of opens you up to the oh this was a it was a gay bar there's a lot of people involved who in a contemporary context probably wouldn't be described as gay yeah a lot of people but, who are bi or yeah. who are trans or yeah yeah and it's just very different language and understandings we touched on this a little bit in our very first episode of the show actually daniel actually brought in a segment about gay pool parties in the what is it in the 20s yes yeah i yeah. remember that i remember yeah. listening to 1920s that. missouri america i think it was yeah <gasps> Oh, no, no, it was the... F- no, then it was the 40s. It was yeah. just post-World War II. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it was... Uh, a documentary was being made because there was lost footage found uh, yeah. of the parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's cool. And it's like those... So those guys to the people who were at Stonewall are to... Like, people who were in the early 90s are to us. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's mm. actually a really long time passes mm. and these stories kind of get written out of history and forgotten... Um, which is why I think it's important to keep talking about it. Yeah, definitely. And to keep being interested in... Like, we don't have a, a Mardi Gras of Stonewall, although Pride marches do occur in the US around this time of year for this reason. Mm. Um, and the same way that we have Mardi Gras, which is in 78, which is now a party, but at that time was a recurring annual protest. Yes. Um, and, and to, like, understand the roots of that, I think, is important, especially, like, at this time of year, I think because U.S. cultural hegemony is so huge and so many of us follow, like, U.S. celebrities and, and stuff on Twitter, you see a lot of stuff about Happy Pride Month. Mm. And I get people saying to me, like, oh, yeah, it's Pride Month. And I'm like, it's Pride Month in the U.S. Like, mm. we actually yeah. have our own. <laughs> yes. But, um, but it is important to acknowledge the history of that all stems from, like, actions of people long ago. Yeah. Pushing and pushing uphill. Yeah. It's, I think it's also a good kind of kicking off point to, you know, see people looking into the history that's relevant to them. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm very interested in the history of, you know, like, in queer history in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, Because I've yeah. always lived in Melbourne. I've grown up in Melbourne. I thought you were going in a completely different direction with that, please. <laughs> 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 no, where it's very, like, yeah, there's not that many things out there. Like, if I'm trying to research queer history in Australia in general, but, you know, especially stuff that wasn't connected with that initial Mardi Gras in Sydney. Yeah. Very difficult to find. Yeah, the Victorian, um, there's not a lot of documentation, but there were, like, whole radio stations and, like, publications and stuff that have closed down. Um, There's the Victorian Transsexual Network or Victorian Transsexual Association in, like, the late 70s as well so that like laid the, a lot of the groundwork for transgender victoria which is an organization that exists today and that was the first sort of um publicly identified organizational like body for trans people in australia and then a lot of other states have copied that model yes um yeah just a shout out if you are in a different like if you're obviously where in victoria if you're in a different state and you're looking around for information and resources there is probably definitely an organization that's similar in your state yeah um that you can go even if you're not trans if you're cisgender and you're queer and you just want to learn more about it it's a really it's usually they're really safe spaces to sort of get the ground um the groundwork in in a way that's relevant to you. They're usually run by local volunteers. Um, so, yeah, that's a really cool thing. Yes. Look it up. <laughs> the information yeah. is finally out there, unlike, you know, most of history when we didn't yes. have the internet. One last thing I might want to add 
I would love it if we had anyone in the historian profession or anyone really interested in history who could just somehow find these little snippets of history of queer history in 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 in, in, this, in Melbourne in, in in Australia and that that just just adding on to what you said, Evie, that'd just be something that'd be really cool. Give us a phone call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My number is no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, definitely hit us up on Twitter. We've got an email address. Uh, you can give us a phone call. We can uh, do an interview. But I think we've got a tune now. Yeah, um, I really want to play this. Uh, this is an artist I've played on the show before. Freya is a Melbourne musician who kind of makes music. It's kind of indie poppy, but it's very influenced by a lot of late 90s Midwestern emo and a whole bunch of other really interesting influences. And she has just put out a new album on Friday. And Yo. this is, yeah, one of the tracks from that that I really enjoyed. This is Cohabitation. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. It escapes a resemblance to home that I felt when I was young. You're here this afternoon with Danny, Eve, Abby, Jay, and Mars. Um, <laughs> we've had a pretty uh, jam-packed show today, talking um, about queer history and some current issues as well. Yeah. And now we're going to uh, be frothing or knotting. So, how about Mars? What's your froth for this week? Oh, uh, well, uh, the thing is, I'm kind of frothing about two kind of things, but not frothing about something because of those two things, which I'll get to a bit later. But essentially, I've been frothing about celebrating my birthday again, but with my friends who couldn't make it on my actual birthday because it was right in the exam season. So, yeah, it was a bit of a chill, a bit of a chill session. We just, ch- like, chatted a bit, had a we didn't have to order any food because my mum actually made a vegetarian lasagna, which is great because a couple of people there, myself included, don't really eat meat. Well, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then we play a couple of card games and that, and music was on and off, but it was pretty good still. And, yeah, uh, that was fun. And then the next, very next day, like, not even 24, like, actually, pretty much midnight was my sister's birthday. <laughs> and that night, she had, like, a family function at this restaurant I'd never been to. But I was still able to enjoy that, even though half the things on there was meat that wasn't fish, which yeah. is very problematic for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounds wholesome. Oh, oh yeah. thank you. Sounds really, really uh, pleasant. Oh, well, thank you once again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it was really good and all. The only thing was, the thing that came up was age, because I turned 20. Well, rather recently, my sister turned 24, like, like yesterday. And every single person was talking about how, oh, my 24... Like, my sister was talking about how being 24 made her feel really old. And then the boyfriend was like, well, being 28, she looks really old. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I have, so, I have like, a path... Like, this was a path paved from me of feeling old, which was made worse by the fact that I'm kind of, like, already at the stage where I don't feel, like, young in the sense I don't feel like a kid anymore in that I don't feel as young as I did when I was an actual kid. And so everyone talking about how old they feel makes me feel a little bit older, which I, I don't know what to do about that. All right, I'm 24. I'm young. I'm a spring chicken. <laughs> Thank you. You're the, I, I need I've, I've that. Got, I've got all my life ahead of me. I need more, pe- more people to say that. <laughs> yeah. All right, most of the time if I'm complaining about old, it's because I'm in a room full of teenagers. Uh, <laughs> Well, that that would make a bit more sense. But and it's, yeah, it, you know, just having the realization fairly recently of, oh, 
yeah, like, until recently, if I've, like, met somebody who was a teenager, I'd usually still have a bit in common with them. Mm. And now, whoa, it's like, it's like meeting somebody from a different country. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> it yeah. is strange, it is strange. <laughs> and that, that's a strange change, like, because yeah. it's kind of something you realise, you know, over the course of, like, yeah, you, know, you might meet somebody who's like nineteen, and then like six months later, you'll meet somebody else, and all of a sudden, it's like that. Yeah, it's just this huge difference. But yeah, this week I am not frothing. I had the unpleasantness, and I'm not frothing. Employers who do job interviews and don't give any feedback. That is such a pet peeve of mine. Like You're getting dragged. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Said said place also asked a question which was kind of illegal to ask about uh, my work cover history. So, yeah. Um, but it's, it's 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 a good point to remind everyone. You know, know your rights with employment. Trying to find the right place, especially if you're young and you actually want something that you're going to be able to do for a long time and be happy with it's never the end of the world if you don't get a job but it can feel like it and that sucks and kind of feel on that at the moment but it'll be okay wasn't right wasn't the right place or the right time it just kind of gets you down a bit but yeah and with regards to that there is you know the usual like make sure if you are feeling affected by things like employment something has gotten to me quite a lot um, you know, QLife, who we mentioned before, are a service that you can talk to, and yep, you can do web chat. And otherwise, there's also, you know, Beyond Blue, Kids Helpline, Lifeline. Jay, should do have you have numbers, numbers for any of those? Because I can't read the numbers. Oh, on the okay, guys. Just so you know, a little peek behind the curtain. We've actually got all this stuff up on the studio wall, but Evie sits so far away from it reclining back in her chair that she can't... <laughs> I probably need new glasses. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the number for QLife that I forgot before was one eight hundred one eight four five two seven, And again, they have online chat from three to midnight in your state around Australia every day. So that's it doesn't matter if you're in Western Australia, if you're in a different time zone, it's coming out. What's going on behind my back? Oh, okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, also, yeah, if an employer ever asks you about your sexual orientation, your gender, your medical history, um, it's illegal. Yeah. Like, don't slam your hand down on the table and be like, that's illegal, because they might not know or they might have good intentions for asking it, but it's also information that can be used to discriminate against you um, in an employment context, and you never, ever have to provide it to anyone. I, I would just say, like, don't yell at anyone without... Unless you're 100% sure they're discriminating <laughs> against you. That's just my personal take, I guess. Separate the facts from the fiction. Daniel, you got a froth? I do. Aww. Um, quite a cute one, actually. Um, so this semester at uni, um, I've been a mentor for um, this program that's run by... Aww. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a program run by the French department because I'm a French student at uni, and um, I was a mentor for a first-year student um, for this <gasps> semester. How do you say mentor in French? Uh, you don't really. It's You <laughs> say, like, uh, 
I sound like such. <laughs> no, do it. I'm sorry. You would usually say like uh, tutor or prof or Aww. like there's not really a word for mentor. You just sort of say tutor or teacher, something like that. But you are um, someone's tutor. <laughs> but anyway, um, it's it's been really really fun um, and helpful for me because having having to sort of um, teach French kind of consolidates my knowledge. But um, the actual froth is that um, at the end of this week when I had my last session with my student just before their exam, um, she gave me this uh, really, really sweet gift, which was like a framed certificate that said like um, to, to like the best mentor or whatever. And That's like, so adorable. Yeah, and it had like a little photo of me on it. It was like the sweetest thing. And it just sort of, I was enjoying doing, being part of the program anyway, but just, I don't know, to sort of have her recognise me, you know, doing it on a voluntary basis and, um, you know, giving up an hour a week of my time to help her out and everything. It was just really sweet. Um, and, yeah, it was just like a fun, fun experience as well. It was actually the second time that I've done it. I did it two years ago at uni as well. And, um, yeah, just kind of a cute little thing to be a part of. Did yeah. you did you tell this person that you'd done it before, that you were like, this isn't my first time that I've mentored a, a young French student. I've got experience. <laughs> well, yes, but not in that way. <laughs> I would be jealous if you were mentoring me and you told me that there'd been others. <laughs> I'm polyamorous, but I'm not that polyamorous. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> this is why I'm not allowed on mic, because I make it awkward. Well, while we've got you, do you have a froth for this week? Do I have a froth? Um, I'm frothing the 1999 uh, classic from Ensemble Studios, Age of Empires 2, the game of the year every year, 2018, 2017, 2016, and every year in between now and 1999 when it came out. It is a 20-odd-year-old game that I'm still obsessed with. I don't even know. What is it? It's a, it's a real-time strategy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Real-time strategy PC game where you play as a civilization. So in the original set, I think there's like 12 or 14 civilizations that you can play as the Britons, the Franks, like... Um, back in olden days, so like the Chinese, the Koreans, um, in the newer expansions you can play as like Malaysia and um, Persia and stuff. It's excellent. So each okay. civilization has its own like bonuses and um, special like attributes and special units and stuff. And then you like make a whole bunch of warriors and you go off and kill some other people. So <laughs> like game chat. I've never been on Player One, which is another show that we have here on Sin Nation that Evie I hosts have. on Friday nights. If you want to tune into that, if you're listening to us right now, you know where it is. It's right here on this channel on Friday nights. Quick plug, but I've never been on Player One because that is literally the only game that I play. Um, <laughs> and so they would have to have me on for like one show and then I would be like done with all my game chat. <laughs> yeah, I would just be like The Sims and like wrestling games and then yeah. that would like be it. I would yeah. just be like Age of Empires every week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Age I'd of Empires be, update. I'd be very tempted to just talk about Rollercoaster Tycoon. So, which... Honestly, yeah. that's probably the other game you could talk about, Jay. Uh, I don't know. I don't you know. know. I don't, I don't have though. much to say. You build the roller coaster. Yeah. The roller coaster goes woo, and it has a high intensity rating, and everyone gets off it and throws up. But yeah, I froth games. I love games. Also, while we're doing plugs, I guess um, I should say that you and Abby are going to be on Naughty Rude tonight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at eight pm tonight, 
me and Abigail are going to be on Naughty Rude Show. <laughs> yeah, nice. right, right here on this channel. Stay tuned. Well, don't, you know, you can go and have dinner and have a bath or whatever, but then tune back in at eight o'clock to catch half of us on Naughty Rude. If you, if you want to ask us for relationship advice, find the Naughty Rude Show Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah, you can send uh, in an Google ask. That and you should be able to find it. Yeah. Because I don't have it written down in front of me. You can ask all, all kinds of... We don't actually have, like, an ask feature on this show because I'm worried that people will say nasty things, but you can send all kinds of asks into Naughty Rude and they have a much better filtering process <laughs> 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 than just me reading it and getting sad. <laughs> is that it? Are we done? We've got songs. Like, still. no, 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 but, like, are we done the... Is everyone frothed? Yeah. Well, it's bloody five We're o'clock. I think. Out. I think we should get out of here. Yeah. 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 You can follow Evie on Twitter at Invisible Evie. You can follow Dan on Twitter at Danny P. Hick. <laughs> Spelt how it sounds. You can follow... What's your new Twitter handle, Marcy? You changed it. I did change it, actually. I... We, you can go to our Twitter at SinLoud, that's S-Y-N, loud, how it's spelt, and you can find all of the plugs linked there. We have a podcast of this show. Um, we play a whole bunch of great music that we put into a Spotify playlist that we update every week. You can find links to all of that on the Sin website at sin.org.au, that is S-Y-N.org.au, or you can just search us up on the old Google, if you care. Um, <laughs> I do, and we're on iTunes and stuff. Like, we're all over the place. Like, honestly... We're like, taking over the world. We, we have so much online content that you can engage with. If this is the... You've just tuned in at the end of the show, you've been hearing loud and queer, you're on Sin Nation... Anyone got any final words? Just... I, I remember my twill handle. Oh, go, 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 go. Marcy Mars. No, I, <laughs> I, you can't I, spell it? Oh, M-A-R-C-I-E, possibly space. I think it was together, actually, then M-A-R-S-E. All right. All right. Bye. <laughs> yeah. uh, goodbye, everyone. Yeah, have, have a nice week. Thanks for listening. This Bye. is True Colours by Studio Killers. You've been listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. Loud and Queer streaming live on Sin Nation at sin.org.au. You can find more of our episodes on Omni, SoundCloud and iTunes. Our podcast music is by accident. You can find more of her music on Bandcamp. You can find us on Facebook in the Sin Nation Loud and Queer community cafeteria and find us on Twitter at Sin Loud. 